What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode number eight of the Brand in Demand show. Today's episode is a deep dive into does content actually work? Does it actually drive real business results and revenue? Sure, the views, the engagement, the attention looks great, but is it actually impacting the business in a significant way? We're about to find out. Does posting video content and content in general actually bring you in business? Does it actually drive real results and revenue? The reason I wanted to do this, like we're gonna expose the whole truth today, but spoiler alert, it does work. There's a lot of people right now that are not posting any content that are just not super familiar with the space and they don't really understand how it works. They've never experienced that. And if you're not super familiar with it and you haven't had a ton of results, it would be very valid for you to ask those questions. And then you've got some people that have posted a little bit of content or maybe a good amount of content over the last few months or last year, and maybe they haven't seen the results that they wanted to. And that could be lack of strategy. It could be lack of consistency or a combination. But those folks are a little bit skeptical sometimes too. And rightfully so. These are questions that you should be asking if you're somewhat newer into a space and you want to get more, you want to get more heavy into it and you want to generate real results. You should ask questions. And these are the common questions like, how long does it take to get results from your content? Um, how consistent are the results? If you get results, how consistent are they? Are there some businesses and industries that content just doesn't work for? That's a common one I get to like, I'll hear that from the financial space or from certain industries that are like, I just don't think it works for this, for what I do for my business, right? So I wanna cover that. How much do you need to post and engage for it actually to work in the first place? Those are the type of questions we're gonna to cover today. And I don't just wanna answer the questions. And I think it's one thing coming from me and my stories, and I'll share a little bit about that. But I also wanna share just client success stories and these are you know, not just stories I'm making up. You can see video testimonials on my profile website, my LinkedIn recommendations. It's all public information, but I wanna dive into some of the stories because there's people in all types of different industries that are winning big with content, video content, and creating a demand for their business and their services. I'll run through this, and then as always, we'll do some, some questions at the end. So I'm just gonna run through the questions. We've got four kind of key questions, but I think there's some subtopics in there. As I go through this, I also wanna share why certain people are having success with their content and generating real revenue and business from it and why other people aren't. Because if I look at the 100 plus clients and businesses that I've worked with personally, it's very obvious for me to look at the ones that have achieved results and the ones that haven't achieved results. It's, there's just always common factors and denominators in between the two subsets. So I wanna break down as we go through this, like what are they doing? If I share a client success story like, or somebody that's killing it with content or video or whatever it is, what are they doing that's different than maybe what other people out there listening are doing right now? Because I think that's where the actual value is. How do you bridge that gap? Um, and so we'll cover that. Okay, so how long does it take to actually get results with your content and your video content? I've got a couple quick stories that I would say, and obviously I'm not, I'm not gonna go like and say, it depends, like it depends on your business and how long, like, I just think that's a crap answer. Obviously there are different factors, like how long you've been on there, how good your content, you know, there's a ton of different factors, but I wanna bring up a story of a client named Mike. Mike owns a software company called the ROI Shop. Basically what they do is they've got a software where bigger companies, enterprise companies, typically will use it for their salespeople. And their salespeople, when they're in discovery calls, they'll use this ROI calculator to calculate how much their services would add in revenue to the companies that they're wanting to work with. And so it's a great service. I actually use it myself. He let me use it and it's, I've won several deals off it. It's amazing. And so he started creating video content with us. We got the strategy down. He got a video editor. He started putting on video content consistently. Within 90 days, he won three clients from it. And one of them was almost a six figure deal. 
And all he's doing is if you look at his follower count, if you look at like his engagement, it's not like he's going viral with posts. It's not like he's, you know, got 100,000 followers. I mean, he's putting out video content that is very targeted. He's talking directly to his audience, which is sales leaders, sales reps, people that are in charge of business development, winning new deals. And he's talking about the things that they struggle with. He's talking about their challenges, their pain points, why they need to use an ROI calculator in their sales process and on the discovery calls. So what he's doing by that is he's creating a demand where sales leaders are now saying, I don't think we're not even using a sales, we're not even using an ROI calculator. We should be. And then naturally, who do you think they're going to go to and who do they go to when they want to actually implement something like that? Well, they don't go Google random stuff. They're going to go, this Mike guy's been talking about this for the last three months. We actually need to implement this now. Let's hit up Mike. Let's set a meeting with Mike. And so that's where a lot of his business comes in. And actually, I was talking to him last week and he said pretty much all of his business now comes inbound because of content. Him and his partner post every single week. They're dropping videos every single week. And so again, they're not complex. They're not, he's not doing anything crazy. He batches his content. So we'll sit down and make seven to 10 videos at a time. He's talking about things that matter to his customers. He's not going super broad and talking about 4 trillion different things. He's not doing the, you know, the personal post about the sob stories and that kind of stuff. He's sharing stories. He's sharing client success stories. He just posted a video today that was a client talking about the value and what they got out of using his services. So he's not only using videos to talk about topics that cover to his audience, he's using videos also to share customer success stories. He's getting his customers on video, just like I would do, and he's saying, tell me about the results that we've achieved from working together. What was it like before you started working with me? Why did you start, why'd you come to me in the first place? Well, we were struggling with this, this, and this. We thought that this would be a solution. Awesome, and what was it like working with me? What were some of the results that you got? And they're sharing that stuff and that becomes video content, that becomes video testimonials that he can now put on his LinkedIn profile, his LinkedIn website. And that's slowly but surely how you start to build your video content as a 24 seven sales rep. It's constantly selling for you. You've got videos in the feed that are hitting people that are grabbing new people and drawing them into you and creating the demand for you and your service and your offering. And then you're, they're also going to places like LinkedIn profiles and websites. And when they're seeing your clients when your clients are actually talking about the success and the results they've gotten versus just you saying it, that, that really matters. It gets people sold. So that's Mike. Um, Wally was a great example too. And again, these are all testimonials and recommendations on my page. Wally was a good example of someone in the construction industry that when I first started working with him, Wally, because of the nature of what he does, he's working with construction leaders. He was like, I don't think they buy that way. <laughs> he's like, I'm not even super sure that they would be on LinkedIn and would see my videos and content and actually like reach out to book a call. And he was in a very similar boat where he won, I think five clients in the first 90 days from uh, his LinkedIn video content and text content. And again, not someone that has a massive following, not someone that gets hundreds of comments on every time he posts. So I also just want to say that because some people think that that's the case, that you need to be like a LinkedIn influencer. Otherwise it's not going to work. And there's just so many lurkers that are out there that people that they don't engage on your content, they don't necessarily drop a content, a comment, but they're seeing your stuff, they're watching. So I'd, I'd rather take the focused approach where I'm gonna really go out and try to make an impact on my audience, my ideal client, than try to go broad and try to talk about everything just because I'm like desperate to get some attention. I just think you have to look at it like a long-term play. The other thing I'll say is that about both of them, because now we're gonna look at like, what are they doing differently than some of the clients? Because I've had plenty of clients, guys, obviously, that did not get results. 
And when I look at it, it's, I, I compare it very similar to getting healthy, working out, like if you wanted to get abs or just in shape in general. I look at the clients that, using that example, that have gotten results, that have gotten in shape, that have won the clients consistently, they, sh- they take it very seriously. Like they're all in. It's not like a, they post a couple of days and they drop off, then they get back on it, then they get back off it. Like they're just very, 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 very consistent. And they post good quality content, meaning that it's targeted towards their audience. It's creating a demand and they engage on the platform. They're active. I know this because I can see when I see a post that they comment on and that post now shows up in my feed. That's the power of engaging. So they're just active on the platform and they post consistently. And that's really it. So it's just like working out, like how fast do you want to get in shape? If you want to take it serious, you can do a freaking life-changing things in a month or two. If you don't want to take it serious, you could be six months down the line and still be not where you want to be. So that's re- it's really as simple as that. Like I've never seen it not work. It's just the people, there are certain people that really commit and go all in. And it's, it's a freaking lot of work. I think that's the other thing that I don't try to hide behind either. I'm like, you got to show up. Yes, you do. You got to show up and engage and support people and respond to DMs and create the content in the first place. Like if it was easy, every single person would be doing it. But I think that's also the opportunity is that most people aren't doing it because it does require work. It's a little bit of uncertainty around it. And so that creates a massive opportunity for those that do do it. Um, but going to the gym isn't easy. Eating healthy isn't easy. You know, there's lots of stuff to grow in a business, being an entrepreneur, like none of, none of it's easy. We didn't sign up because it was easy. We just wanted to do it because we enjoy it and we want to be on the journey. Um, and both are posting every day. Like I just commented on both people's videos today. And so like, and we've been working together for quite some time now. And so it's, it's just, again, it just, they just don't stop. They show up every, and they take vacations, they take breaks, but they're consistent. Number two, how consistent are the results? How consistent are the leads, the inbound leads from posting content? And one thing when I think about that question, how consistent are the results? I also think does content, does posting content have a compound effect? Meaning that one year in versus the next year in versus the next year in, do the in, do the inbound leads increase over time? Do they have that compounding effect? And if I looked at myself and I was like, am I getting more inbound leads now than I was one year ago? And I asked myself that question. I was like, yes, of course, definitely. And I think for a couple reasons, one, the more you create content, the more opportunity, obviously you give yourself to get out in front of the right people. So it's like a little bit of like, the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities are people are going to get bought, bought into you, build trust, credibility, create the demand. But I think a big and underrated aspect of this is that you actually just build skills. You actually just get much better at creating content. I look at myself last year and I'm like, yeah, I, could, I was doing the creative videos and you could look back at my videos and it's not like they were bad. But I didn't have this going. I, didn't, I couldn't articulate my message, my value prop, my story the way that I can now, 12 months ago. So the, one of the powers of doing this, and even like whether it's a podcast, live event, community, putting out videos, you actually train and condition your mind to tell your story and to tell client success stories and to understand your audience better. Because you have to, if you want to put out good content that converts, you've got to really deeply understand your audience. So video content and content in general really forces you to get better at that. It, it actually makes you a better business person, a better entrepreneur, a better partner. And you actually service your clients better too because you know them at a deeper level. You know why they struggle with certain things and why they don't struggle with other things. So I would say that because of the skills I've built over the last 12 months, because it's just like anything, you're, you're constantly getting better if you're doing it the right way. For that reason, yes, it's been more consistent. 
Um, and just because I know my audience better and I've been exposed to more people at this point, right? So I would also say though, to be frank and to be totally honest, it's not like every time I post, I'm getting like 20 leads. I mean, I don't want to mislead people and be like, every time I post a video, I get like seven leads come in and I close four of them. Of course not. Like that is not how it works at all. And, and I will be very transparent about that. Like there are weeks where it's amazing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like my calendar's booked for two weeks. And there'll be some weeks where it's a little bit slower. Now I've been at the point now where I've created content enough and I've got enough brand where it's not like I'm gonna go a week and not book any meetings or have any leads come in if I'm posting consistently five times a week on average, right? So I'm not gonna go through like a month drought. It is, it does definitely gets more consistent. And also I'm on more channels now though. Like I do LinkedIn, I, do, I win clients now from TikTok. We've got the live event. We've got communities we're building. We've got the podcast. So I'm giving myself more at-bats and more options to get in front of people. So anybody that tells you like they're winning five clients from every post is not being truthful. There are ups and downs just like anything. You have, and even with your content, just take leads aside, like there are ups and downs with as being a content creator. You'll have a few posts that just through the roof, amazing. And then you'll have a few posts in a row that are just like, and it's like, the hell happened? And then you have that self-doubt kick in and you're like, Am I not, am I not good at this? Like, am I not, am I not saying the right thing? If I, do I need to tweak something? And in some cases you might, but in many cases, it's like, you just got to battle through it. You got to force yourself to just to keep going. Don't worry about one post, two posts, three posts, seven posts, two weeks. You need to look at, am I making progress three months, six months, eight months, 12 months? Like that's how, really how I look at it. Like I look back six months, is my content better? Am I showing up in a better way than I was six months ago? Because there's definitely ebbs and flows. And I think that's why it's hard, and you guys know, as an entrepreneur, but as a content creator too, it's, that's why it's so hard to stay consistent. Because you get punched in the face. And you'll have posts, like I had a post this week and even two weeks ago that like completely bombed. One of my worst posts in the last six months. Did I like cry about it and get down about it? And I've been doing this so long that it like, it sucks. I don't want my posts to not do well, obviously, right? So it's not like I do. I'm like, yeah, my post didn't perform. <laughs> like I'm not thrilled about it. But uh, I don't let it get me down because I know that, hey, there's probably something. Let me go look back and look at it. Let me learn something. Let me create better content because of it. Let me understand my audience better because of it. And I move on. And that's it. In the same way, I would say that I've had plenty of posts over the last 90 days. I've had some of my highest performing posts of all time. So when I get super, super high, I also have learned to train myself to be like, don't get so high off that. And don't get so consumed with that, that you let that dictate your mood. Because three or four posts from now, it could be the complete opposite. So you have to really level set yourself from a mental standpoint. And that's something we don't talk about a lot, I know. We talk about more the technical stuff, the strategy, that kind of stuff. But it really is a factor. In entrepreneurship, in life, in content creation, you can't ride the wave too high and you can't ride the wave too low. Otherwise, it will mess with you. And that's why some people just give up on it too. What I will say is that it gets more consistent over time. So I'm not gonna do like this week, I'm not gonna do posts and it's gonna get five likes. Like that's not gonna happen. I'd call LinkedIn if that happened. I'd be like, what the fuck? But when I first started, I had seven posts in a row that got zero likes. So over time, yes, your follower builds, right? Your followership builds, your community builds. Like the algorithm I think just favors your content more like cause you've been performing at a high level for a consistent amount of time. So I think yes, overall you should expect performance to increase. But if the line's going like this, it's kind of going up and down and up and down, but it's still going up. It's just, you'll still have low pot, low spots and high, high spots. Okay.
are there some businesses and industries that content just doesn't work? No, I really, I, I've never seen a business, like content doesn't discriminate. There's, I don't, I haven't seen one industry or um, space that it wouldn't work in. Now there's different channels that work better for certain industries. Like if you're a B2C and you sell clothing, obviously you wanna be on TikTok like crushing it, posting probably multiple videos a day and Instagram reels and that kind of stuff. LinkedIn, you, you maybe you can make it work, but it's probably not the best channel. If you're a B2B, then 100% at minimum, you should be on LinkedIn. There's there's that, right? There's different elements to it and certain things work in better environments, but. I remember like literally I worked with somebody named Quincy in the financial industry and a lot of people told her and her partner at the time that you couldn't create much content if you're in the financial space. That because of the regulations, you can't say certain things, you really can't even get on video in a lot of cases people think. And every company has their own kind of regulations. But so there's a lot of doubt around that industry and she got on there and within several weeks was winning clients and actually won one of her biggest clients through LinkedIn. And she followed about 30% of the things that I was teaching her. So, and she was creating videos. She was creating text posts. And yeah, there's certain things she couldn't talk about because of financial regulations. We just didn't talk about those things. We didn't share financial advice that you legally can't share. So I think you're either gonna find an excuse or you're gonna find a way around it to a path to success. And I've helped people in the mortgage industry. I gave a keynote in Arizona a few months back and several of the people in there, the reason I got invited there because one of the, one of the people that put it on was a client of mine. And they're not only winning clients that way, people that want to buy homes, but they're also winning talent. Because now talent, and for you guys, recruiting space, this is huge. Talent now, if you're hiring internally or even externally, they want to work with companies that they feel like are innovative, fun, creative, forward-thinking, care about their people. And so when they see companies that their people are putting out their personal brands, and they look up to these people almost like mini celebrities in their space, and then that person reached out to them or they saw their video and DM them and they DM them back. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. I've been seeing your videos the last six to 12 months. So it's, it's big time from a talent acquisition standpoint too. That's why I would encourage all hiring managers and HR people, like if you have any desire at all or inclination to create video content, they should be. Because that's an easy way to get people to funnel into you when you almost position yourself as a mini celebrity in the space and you showcase how amazing the company is and the culture and the fact that other people are creating content. Everyone has a voice. They're not trapped in a box. Like, I think that really means a lot. How much do you need to um, post and engage to actually, it's the last question. How much do you need to post and engage uh, on a place like, let's say LinkedIn for it to actually work for you to get results? I would say, you know, using me as an example on this one, most of my clients, I would say post four to five times a week. Like I post five times a week, sometimes a little bit more. But when I first started off posting content consistently, that was like focused content was really late 2019, but really more early 2020, January, 2020, I was posting three videos a week. And from February, 2020, I won my first customer off LinkedIn. They saw one of my videos, booked a call with me. I won the client. That was February, 2020. And then six months later in July, 2020, I was making more money than I was in my corporate staffing job. Quit that job, put in my two weeks notice and then was doing this full time. And then I upped it to actually like four or five times a week later on. I started off just doing three videos a week. So I would say that the more, obviously the more you post, the more chances you have of getting in front of your client. So, and the more chances you have of winning business, just like if you're gonna go to virtual networking events that are full of your potential clients, if you go to five a week versus one, obviously you're probably gonna win more clients. But if the networking events suck, or if your content sucks, 
and it's just not good, it's not focused on your client, it's not really creating a demand, then obviously posting more isn't gonna help you, right? So it's gotta be decent quality content. But I was starting off at three, most people do three to five, I do five, again, five, sometimes six now. Um, I would post as much as you possibly can while being able to be consistent and still run your business and do other things. And that's why creating processes and systems around it is so good. That's why I'm a big fan of creating the video content machine, having that podcast, that live event, that 30 minute, 60 minute time block to create all the content that you need for the next two weeks. So you never run out of content ever again. Like there's no way I'll ever run out of video. I won't even stress about it. I won't even worry. It won't even be a thought. There's no way I could. I have hours of video content now to go through and chop up. Now you have to, the way you do that is you create that moment in time where you have the video, the raw video footage, you're able to go up, go through and curate the content, either yourself or somebody else will go through and actually curate the content to make sure they pull good clips from there. And then you've got post-production editing in place so you can just hand it off and then it comes back ready to post and either you post it yourself or somebody else post it for you. That's the video content machine. Now I still obviously create original content because I love it. I like nerd out on that stuff. So it's fun for me but I don't have to, I could just post, I have enough content, like my next three weeks are already laid out. So again, it's like, it's like the long-term mindset. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm literally thinking about my content. I'm like, I want to create twice as much content six months from now. And I want to do the same or less work. That's what I'm interested in. Like I want to, I want to, I want to put out so much content that people are like, dude, you're freaking everywhere. Every time I open the app, I see your face. But then behind the scenes, I'm like, I'm not spending that much time creating content. Like, I think that's the magic in it. So that is it guys. And it, let's take some questions on that. So the question was, does LinkedIn prefer native video content, meaning you posting the video directly to LinkedIn um, versus non-native content, which would be you posting a YouTube link and therefore in the feed, it shows up as kind of like a YouTube video and you got to click on there and then it takes you to YouTube or, or your website or something else. And the answer is I, you know, and I've had conversations with actually employees at LinkedIn because they have the whole creator communities and I was assigned a creator manager. And I ask questions like this. They've always said that they, the algorithm never punished you or doesn't punish you now for posting external links in your actual post. So the answer to that question should be no. I would argue that it's not the algorithm that's doing that. It's the people. It's the human, it's the human algorithm that says, well, this is different. And now I got to click on something then I got to go to somewhere else and that's going to load. And then I got to watch it there. When you create more friction for people consuming content, you're going to get less and less people that make it through, right? It's already hard enough to get people to consume a video, watch it, then comment. Now you're creating an extra barrier for that person. So for that reason, I would say post natively to places like LinkedIn for sure. Yeah, you and you could just repurpose the the content, right? Like take the like if you're having the video edited for YouTube, you definitely got to have good production level there for the most part. So you're probably having it edited nicely, then just repurpose it for one by one or nine by sixteen, which is vertical, and then post that video on uh, LinkedIn. That's something common we would do for clients. The other thing I would say is that post the link to the full video in the comments, right? Just like I do with this podcast, I get a lot of people that listen now to the podcast because I post all of these clips every day. And then in the comments, I go, yo, check out the podcast while you're on the go. This is a clip from the podcast. We're talking about how to build a brand in demand through video content. I had a guy comment on my uh, post or my video the other day and he goes, this, your podcast is so good. I've watched, I've listened to every episode now twice. And I was like, dude, thank you so freaking much for saying that. And I was like, this person's not in our group. They're not part of live events. Like I really didn't, haven't interacted a ton with this person, but they must have seen the pod's definitely not because it showed up in Apple Podcasts, right? Like we're just we're just you know kind of early on in the game. It's because he's seen the, they've seen the video clips. 
I post the link to go subscribe or check out the podcast in the comments. I also put my website in there or other things that I want to take people to. And then people look to the comments, like they're active. If they watched your video or consumed it, I guarantee they're going to the comments. The other quick thing else, I just want to make note of this because I've been observing people in the LinkedIn feed recently. And I know this as a common trend, especially for my discovery calls. You can't just post like vanilla content, just giving away tips is not going to work. Like you can't just, and I say that, like I hate to say it that way because I don't want to deter people from like, oh, I can't post anything educational. It's got to be ultra creative. No, what I'm saying is like the stuff that doesn't work is like the super vanilla stuff that everyone already knows. So I'll see people like, let's say in a recruiting space, like, you know, here's a tip for your resume or here's this, or here's, you know, one question you should ask at the end of da, da, da. It's like, you can mix in those types of things, but the key with content, if you look at anyone that's busted through the noise and actually doing well with content on LinkedIn, TikTok, anywhere, they have a very unique perspective and they talk about that through stories. And it may be the same perspective that you share. It's just the way they say it is different where they go, I've never heard it like that before. So I've always kind of thought that, but I've never heard it shared like that before. You've got an interesting take on that. That's the stuff that's going to break through the noise. The vanilla content, here's a tip, here's this, an educational thing here. Like That's going to be so hard to break through the barrier that is social media. So you've got to think about not be disruptive for no reason, not be obviously disrespectful, not try to come at things like just to get attention. But what I'm saying is like, think about how you're, what you want to talk about your topic, whatever it is, and then think, what's my unique perspective on this? You know, like, just like the, like today's, today's show is a great example. Like I could have talked about how long does it take to get results on social media with your content? I could have talked about how consistent you need to be. I could have talked about what I just think like, oh, you need to be consistent for at least three months. I could have said, oh, you need to get results. You know, it takes at least 90 days. That's blah, right? Instead, I share specific stories. And I share what my unique perspective is from people that have found results and people that haven't found results. I talk about things uniquely, like your video content should be a 24 seven sales rep for your business. Most people don't say that, but people do talk about the importance of video content. They just don't say it like that. So like, think about that unique perspective that you have, because if it's vanilla, like you'll just never see anyone break through that it's, if it's vanilla type content. So it's gotta be real and it should serve your audience, but we all have unique perspectives and stories to share. Exactly. Exactly. So the question was, do we impact marketing in my company? Do we do just video editing, take, you know, raw videos, chop it up, send it to our clients? Or do we actually do the strategic component of helping you build out the strategy to make sure the videos actually perform? Because the last thing to your point, you don't want to waste a bunch of money on, uh, or, you know, spend a bunch of money on video editing. And then all the video comes back and none of it's really good or serves a purpose or is going to do anything. So yeah, you want to be strategic about that. So yeah, I do strategy and consulting and then coaching and that kind of stuff with clients, right? So that's, I have a whole five-step process that I'll take a whole client through that, you know, from how do you develop your demand creation strategy, your demand gen strategy, and then from there, the content strategy, from there, the video content, building the video content machine, from there, the engagement community strategy, and then from there, tracking results, KPIs. That's like my five-step process I take every client through if they're doing the consulting. If they're not doing it, if they're doing the video editing, they, if they sign up for the full-time, and Sean, you know this because we've had this conversation, if you sign up for the full-time video editing, which is 40 hours a week, a full-time video editor, and you can cancel any time, it's on demand. If you do that, I provide some, not all of that stuff, but some consulting and strategic advice 
because I, again, I, even if you just sign up for the editing, I, I want to make sure that it's good. Like I want to make sure that you're getting the right material and that it's going to actually perform. So I typically do like 30 minute consulting sessions here and there with those clients. And I typically, we do check-in calls once a month, once every two months for that reason too. Good question. Good little plug yeah. for me too. <laughs> and eventually guys, every company is going to have their own in-house content, uh, content manager, they're going to have video editor, like all the companies that you see now, especially so the medium and big and big companies, they're all, it's just a matter of time for every single, it would not be uncommon for you to see, oh, go to our content department, you know, and our content manager, and then we've got our content creators, and then we've got our video editing team or our graphic team, like whether it's outsourced overseas or whether it's here, like every company, you they're almost half, they're going to have to build something like that out. It's just certain companies are very slow to do it because there's just a lot of, and I'm, I see this with bigger corporations because I'm working with them. There's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of people that don't understand it or are not sure how to implement it or they don't see it as a top priority. And so um, some companies will move quickly and some companies will move slow, but everyone's moving that direction. I've got a ton of stuff out there. If you just went through these past you know, several podcast episodes, you get a ton of strategy. I've got my LinkedIn 2.0 playbook. It's 29 pages. There's a ton of, and then just the content and the feeds and that kind of stuff, right? There's a ton of strategic stuff and, and information and thought behind that, like advice and strategies and that kind of stuff. People just get hung up because they just don't actually make the full commitment. They just don't say, I'm doing this for the next three years. And like, whatever I got to do, I'll figure out how I do it within my budget and within my business, but I'm freaking doing it. I'm making the commitment, it's non-negotiable. It's the same way in health and fitness. There's so much information. Do you know how many books you could buy on fitness and working out and eating right? Like they're, oh my gosh. You could go down a TikTok rabbit hole. You could go on YouTube. You could, every, why is, why is everyone so out of shape though? Like only, I don't know, five, 10% of people are really in good shape in America because people haven't made the commitment. They haven't said, I'm going all in. I'm not doing, I'm messing around with this stuff anymore. Like I will be one of the top 5%. I'm gonna do it. And yeah, I'll consume along the way. Maybe I need to hire a trainer for sure, right? I'll get the help I need, but this is a non-negotiable for me. And I think like it's once people make that, and that's like exactly the client success stories I shared earlier, all of those people did the same thing. It honestly wasn't rocket science. They were very easy for me to coach because I'd be like this, this, and this, and they'd be like, done. And they'd come back to me like, it's done. You know, and I'm like, shit, you're great. Like, this is fun. The clients that are like hard where it's like, you give a ton of strategy and that kind of stuff. And then you come back and like, yeah, I just haven't gotten around to it. Or we got really business this week. We got a lot of business this week. We got new recs. And I'm like, I get it. But like, you got to want it as bad as you want to freaking breathe. Thank you so much for watching Brand In Demand. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast now so you do not miss the next episode. We'll see you around.